Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. So the Creative Workshop was this totally different vibe of a recording studio back in the day. And 
it really is well covered in the documentary that you made about it, how you guys really fostered a collaborative musical environment. And it wasn't cut four songs in a two hour period, 30 minutes, 30 minutes, 30 minutes, 30 minutes, four songs and you're out. It was very different vibe. And it was in that scene, you more or less discovered or championed the first sound of Jimmy Buffett. Yes, it, it was actually the second collection of songs. The first one, like I mentioned, was recorded over at Spar Studios, and it was a bunch of demos. And Jimmy Buffett, myself, and DJ named Captain Midnight, and a couple other guys, Dave Conrad, we played tennis together. Now, the only one of us out of the four that could play tennis was Mike Shepard, who was running Barnaby Records for Andy Williams down on the road. I mentioned to him one day after tennis, I said, you know, Buffett's a singer somewhere. And he said, oh, is he really? He said, I said, yeah. He said, bring me something. So I took him this collection of songs and he said, hey, I want to put it out. I said, no, wait a minute, Mike. I said, we need to go to a real studio and cut these. This is just done in our little basement place down here. He said, no, I want them like they are. So he gave us $2,500 for the whole album. And I, I asked Buffett, I said, you think we ought to do it? He said, well, I need something to sell on the road anyway. So he was starting to play colleges and touring around. And so we did it. And uh, Buffett jokes, he says, he said, I think we sold 300 records or something. I said, yeah, if, if we sold that many, you know. As a follow-up, Jimmy and I had this concept album idea called High Cumberland Jubilee about a couple lived up in the Cumberland Mountains east of Nashville, and uh, they were having some problems and stuff and drug problems and different things. So we wrote these songs, and we actually started recording in Creative Workshop before it was even finished. I mean, the floors weren't in and the walls weren't done, and Travis and I couldn't wait to turn that machine on and get to recording. So the album was pretty good. We brought Bergen White in to do some strings, and once again, I did voices with him. and. Jimmy and I wrote most of it. The problem was it didn't tickle Barnaby's fancy. They didn't care for it, so they didn't put it out. So it didn't come out till later on before the salt, and then it came out on Jimmy's Margaritaville label called Before the Beach and did quite well. You know, his fans, it's before he moved to Key West and created the so-called Gulf and Western sound and the parrot head sound and the it's got a very different style to it. And so his fans don't like it. It reminds me a little bit of like Bruce Springsteen's first albums and Bob Dylan's first album. It's just a different style of music than what took him to the big time. But I really enjoyed listening to it and I really enjoyed listening to High Cumberland Jubilee. Tell me about writing that song. Yeah, well, that's kind of the uh, the theme. Well, it is the theme of the story. And um, we used kind of a rocking bluegrass beat to it. I, th I think we used Bobby Thompson, who was the great banjo player at the time. And uh, we had Randy Goodrum on keyboard. I played a little keyboard on part of the record. We had outstanding musicians on it. And there was a kind of an instrumental interlude in it that's very good. And then there's two pieces to the song, High Cumberland Jubilee. There's High Cumberland Jubilee and then High Cumberland Jubilee Reprise or something we call it. It's uh, filled in with just regular commercial songs, but it's, it's a fun project. Buffett says, you know, it was a time of music and there was concept records. He said, so we did a concept record. It may not have been a good concept, but we did one. <laughs> 
It's so funny to see him in in those tashiki shirts instead of, you know, the sort of Caribbean multicolored shirts. It was like a different, he was in a different place at, at that point in time. And musically, he was in a different place than where he got to later. It's really an interesting time capsule. It was kind of the end of the folk era for Jimmy, you know. His songs were pretty much folkish when he came to us. I tell everybody when he came, it, we fell in love with the person more than his music because he, he didn't really have any in what you'd call hits when he came up from Mobile. But he had that spirit and that drive about him and that personality. But he was totally un-Nashville, you know, so he, did, he didn't fit into the Nashville scene at all. He wound up cutting several hit records there when Don Gant took over producing him. And in fact, uh, Don and Bergen White and myself sang on five of the first albums, did background vocals for him, but he found his niche. That's for sure. Yeah. The Gulf and Western sound, you know, creative workshop became legendary after that. You you had Dolly Parton, Jerry Reed, Merle Haggard, the Judds, the Doobie brothers, Emmy Lou Harris, Olivia Newton, John, she's in the documentary, all recording there. It's, Pretty interesting history. A lot of artists pass through those doors, and it, you know, it's been 50 years. It was 1970 when this uh, started out, and we just recently unveiled a, a fence, a, a wall. We call it we call it our wall of stars. There's a great artist, Scott Guyon, who had done some murals for the House of Blues down the street from us. I commissioned him to do this painting. It starts out from the left with just Travis and Jimmy and me pictured, and then it goes on up through Leon Russell, the Doobie Brothers. The Gatlin Brothers recorded five number one records there, and it has a portrait of Fred Foster, the great producer who produced them, and then Olivia Newton-John and Kenny Rogers and Dottie West, and Dan Penn, the great songwriter, just did his new album, which is called Living on Mercy, which is just out. Sugarcane Jane, husband and wife duo that we produced two records on them, good friends. And, and it shows Parker, my son, and his studio dog, Ollie, had a, a Jack Russell that was the studio dog. And uh, just a lot of, it, you know, it, it, we, we had a nice crowd there for the opening. And there's been a lot of talent. Of course, Merle, Merle is on that wall. Merle loved that old studio. Save big money at Menards. Let the fresh air in and keep the bugs out with replacement screen for your doors and windows from AdForce. It's easy to install, durable against the elements, and comes in a variety of types to suit your needs. Repair your screens today with a roll of replacement screen on sale through May 5th. And check out more great deals happening now in our weekly flyer on Menards.com. Save 